0: Do you guys right.
1: have like an intro you do or how does it work? Well, so I, I just started it, but like usually we, I, we don't have an intro recorded and half the time I just kind of like drop it on them and I'm like, hey, I've been recording for 10 minutes now, but I, sometimes it's like, all right, hey, here we are. I think this is episode 81, something like that. Tony, I'm really glad you're here. I, we've been trying to set this up for forever and before we do, we were going to start off with something interesting, but before we do, you've actually impacted my life in a very positive way. You know that?
0: Oh no, tell
1: me. I'm curious. So is it it the fraternity or? No, no, no. It's, it's actually even simpler than that. So I'd asked you at some point and you're, you're, you've been in really great shape for as long as I've known you and maybe longer, probably longer. But so I'd asked you at some point, I was like, Hey, how many times a week do you incorporate cardio in your workouts? You're obviously in very good cardio shape. And I was, I tried to do the same because I'm naturally just not, I prefer weightlifting because it's easier for me. And you said, bro, you do it every day. I was like, really he said no you just you have to incorporate cardio into every single workout you do and you can do it either you know all in one lump sum or a little bit between all the sets so i started doing that and i started incorporating it between all the sets and doing some core work as well in between everything because you recommended that as well it makes every workout thrilling it's so much better really yeah i think so
0: Ah, oh, well that that's fantastic. I mean I'm not really one to give fitness advice and I'd recommend like chance or somebody like that, but uh I've been trying to have him on hey. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. He's a busy guy, man. He's a hard to hard to track
1: down. He's just got but, um, so many crazy opinions that I'm like and and half of them he can back up really well, and the other half you're like, I don't know if we're going to ever agree on this, but I'm fine with it. Cause it's
2: a different way that's of what makes it
0: fun. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes it fun. <laughs>
2: I call him. Once I have two questions about the butthole tanning. <laughs> yeah, you my, tried it? It's my favorite one.
0: <laughs> you can't knock it. If you don't try it, that's, I mean,
2: right? look, if it makes you feel better, that's one thing. That's totally fine. But the fact that it increases your testosterone or whatever else, I don't know about that. We'll see. But if it makes you feel better, I'm all for it go and yeah, do what and
0: makes you happy and like feel better. Going outside naked and feeling sun on your you know, your genitals, I feel like that's got to feel freeing at some point, right? Sun's good and for you. These colonies what they do, right? Like most barbaric, bringing you back to to human.
1: I sip so my as wine as and uh, I nod. I nod in partial agreement that sunlight is very good for you. There's no way to argue
2: that. I just don't yeah. think our genitals ever needed to have sunlight. I mean, A, they're very sensitive. B, they would be terrible if they were sunburned. C, they hang in an area where they typically don't get much sunlight in the third, in the first place. All I want or don't want is a sunburn on my scrotum. That would be the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs>
0: It'd be hard to go places. That's all I could think about.
2: <laughs> all right, there's right. not enough... I- there's not enough aloe in the world for that sunburn. There's a lot a small of people don't need are aloe.
1: "What the hell am I listening I'm to?" <laughs> this got me.
0: This got me wondering. What was like the first piece of, piece of clothing? You think?
2: Definitely something to prevent scrotum sunburn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would think
1: a hat, actually. Really? Yeah, because I would think that you know you're a nomadic tribe. You're walking around. You're like, "Holy cow! I'm super hot. The sun's hitting my head. Like, I want something to cover me." Like that, that's what Thing I was thinking.
0: War- I'm thinking it's the opposite, It'd be like warmth.
1: That would make sense too. As they went further north, and they would like, hey, we need to we need to cover the like the important parts of our body, the vital spots,
0: the reproductive organs, or maybe We've protection. So we,
1: interesting. we got off on such a weird tangent. We were going to talk about first off. The sunning so
0: engages your, the users. The sunning engages your balls everybody. thing. Everybody, everybody's wrapped in now.
1: You're right, but we should we should probably explain the sunning your balls thing before we go too far, and then we should do Pavlov's dog, and then we can do whatever the hell we want. So I, we, God, we're five minutes in, four minutes in. So the sunning, the sunning your genitals thing is something that a very good friend of our, all of ours, who I keep up with, is Chance Galloway. He runs a uh, personal fitness program. Does super well. I, I love the guy. I call him probably once every two months or so just to talk about stuff. And if I have a thought, I love running it by him because he's got he's got weird opinions on stuff. And I love it. Oh, it's fun. So he started doing this, what, three years ago, four years ago, something like that, Tony?
0: calling his asshole?
1: <laughs> I just you can't say it and not laugh. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah. So oh. I don't know when he started doing that. It was a trend for a while. And then I guess he hopped on board and promoted it. Relentlessly, yeah. So, pun intended. so
0: what happened with Chance is Chance. Chance's story is he's a he's a bodybuilder and a, he was a powerlifter, and he had some nerve issue, and okay. so he went through this rabbit hole of trying to figure out this nerve issue because it was causing him a lot of pain. And and for somebody that works out all the time, when you have so much pain you can't work out, it's uh, it's hard. It's like you you get depressed, and I actually just went through that with my surgery. But uh,
1: I was about to say, um,
0: yeah. And so he had all this nerve pain so he went down this rabbit hole trying to figure it out and that's how this whole holistic side of yoga son of your nuts and all that came about so that that was probably yeah I'd say three three years ago is when that it got introduced to so, through his social media to everybody him, and he even got a picture of him and his dad out and sunning uh, their nuts together
1: yeah I mean combine that with he's on this um... What does he call it? It's like the, like the animal-based animal diet where it, just, it avoids the heck out of plants. It focuses only on lean protein, stuff like that. That That's a very controversial way to eat compared to what? The meat what? and fruit. Yeah. Meat and fruit. No vegetables. Yeah. And uh, he had someone on his podcast a while ago that I listened to, and this guy had gone pretty deep into, I don't know if you call it the science, but I guess the study of the oh god what do they call them not sulfate something like that there's some chemical within the plant that it's like the plant doesn't want to be eaten so it releases these toxin yeah it releases these mm-hmm. toxins and so when you eat the plant the plant's defense mechanism is to slowly but surely kill you and I mean, you can look at anyone from California and they're like oh I drink plant smoothies all day and I'm skinny and I get liposuction and all this stuff and you're like oh how can plants be bad for you well there's probably other things going on too but I don't know it's, it's a weird way of looking at a diet
0: Yeah, you know, that's, like, a very extremist diet. Um, I'm actually kind of on something similar. So I eat a lot of steak, a lot of steak and fruit. Uh, Like, my dinner was a steak covered in salt, honey, and, uh, like, five oranges. Sounds
1: really good. Five oranges. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think, but for most people, if you could do two things, avoid seed oils and and avoid preservatives, you're better off than half of America because if you didn't know this, half of America will be considered obese by 2025.
1: I have heard that, and that's a really scary Matt. thought.
0: Matt, well, question for you, Mr. Doctor. Yes. What is the number one cause of health, of medical related costs, or what, what's the number one, or give me the top two medical costs associated with like? medical costs. If I'm, it might make it sense. I'm mumbling. I'm trying to like, probably to like that.
2: heart disease and obesity, which are coincide together. Yeah. So
0: scary.
1: Well, the scary thing is that I, so, I mean, I'm in, I'm not in, I'm not in great shape, but I don't consider myself fat. I work out every day. I do all these things. I'm not, I'm not at your level or anything like that, but I would be considered probably morbidly obese hundred years ago. Just because everyone was like a stick you were either a stick or you were like way over the top but it's because you were rich
0: yeah, right that was it <laughs> didn't have to so be considered rich
1: that's possibly true yeah isn't that funny how that's shifted it used to be the fat people were like the wealthy ones and now it's the complete opposites the fat people are typically the poor ones
0: now it's so easy to be fat and so hard to be skinny yeah because of is. the foods
1: mm-hmm.
0: you No, know? i have a rule i don't i don't shop on the inside of the grocery store aisles
1: that's a great rule. Anything that comes from a big old plastic container with bright labeling is probably really bad for you.
0: It's easy to understand, right? How Should do be. companies make more money when they manufacture foods? Keep it on the shelf longer. Yep. Right? Because the less they throw away, the more they make. And so how do they do that? Well, they put a bunch of chemicals and preservatives in it.
1: Right. You buy fruit. super fresh fruit always kind of pisses me off because like, I'll buy a big thing of fruit and I'm like, I'm so going to eat this. And I have a few bites. I enjoy it. But fruit is like super filling, which is why it's incredibly good because I love it. You can have a few bites of fruit and you're like, wow, I feel full and energized and it's it's good, clean sugar. Nice. And then the next day you have a couple bites, but then three days go by and it's bad and moldy. And you're like, what? That was, that was three days. I have to go buy more uh, now. And you have to throw some yep. of it out, which sucks.
0: Yeah. So I actually go to the grocery store like every other day, every three days.
1: That's how the Europeans do it. They shop in the markets. Yep.
0: They, they go on the way home from work. They yeah. walk everywhere. You know, they ride the tram and there's, there's a, there's a market on every corner.
1: That's kind of interesting for us because we have a lot of food deserts in America. And the more we sprawl, the more food deserts we get. Like in, in the cities, typically living in the inner city is not considered a good thing because you probably live in a, a, a ghetto to be frank. It's most likely what it is. You're either in a high rise or one of those. And the only thing in your corner is the McDonald's it's there's probably no publics in the inner city.
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's interesting. Yeah, versus us in Florida, man. We have a Publix, you know, every every
1: five miles, there's like three. I literally have one across the street, like I can walk to, and it was the biggest blessing of all time because that's I, I do exactly that. I go to the grocery store two, three times a week, and it's just to pick up fresh things to cook with, and that's it.
0: I hear something crazy. I think they were de- trying to develop one on uh, Alico and – Would that be Ben Hill Griffin?
1: Mm -hmm. I know where that is. And
0: then, so they have one on the south side of FGCU, and then they have one on 41 across from San Carlos. So there's three within, what, five miles?
1: Yeah, yeah, and a Target, Uh, and And a Walmart.
0: And a Target, yeah. just so much demand. It's pretty crazy.
1: Development of Fort Myers is interesting. I actually got a really, I got an interesting perspective on it today. I um, I was with someone who was, a client was in town that we were dealing with, who has family in Fort Myers. So she and I talk about that a lot usually because I have a lot of connections down there and I I just, I love the town, love everything about it. And from my very limited perspective, Fort Myers is booming. All of South Florida sees a ton of people every single year. So she started going into, well, we can't develop down there. We've got people who want to and they want to prove these things. We want to invest, we want to develop, do these things. And I said, why the hell couldn't you? There's like thousands of people moving there every day. It's unbelievable. Just. I, from my time seeing it five years ago to now, it doesn't look anywhere near the same. And you grew up there, which is even better. So you've gotten to see basically from a no town to a small town to a medium-sized town, which is a big shift in 20 years. She said, the uh, the jobs aren't there. It's every, Everyone literally just spends half their year there and leaves. No one actually works there. I said, oh, you're right. It's all college students and people who are retired. I didn't think about that.
0: Want to blow your mind now? Yes, please. Fort Myers Beach. What? It was destroyed, right? It's gone. Yeah. People are making claims that that's gonna be the West Side Miami. It's gonna turn into like Miami Beach style. Really nice, luxury. I mean, development opportunities there. If you can get a hold of some land, oh my goodness. I mean, you're talking about some some serious dough gonna start pouring in there. It's gonna take years. Like I won't I won't get to see it finished by the time I leave Fort Myers, but I think it's gonna be crazy.
1: So what do you think happens in something like that? Where we basically we were handed a clean slate. The insurance companies paid out and now we've got this clean piece of land that nature naturally just beat beat the hell out of and said, All right, you can try this again sometime. We built we built that beach in the sixties and seventies. It's old. And now we've got it's literally just an open platform. What what happens in the next five years?
0: I think the next year is clearing up all the debris. I'll tell you what, man. You, you can't really go down there, and if you do, it's it's. I heard it smells real bad. It's nasty. Sure. It was I was on the uh, a boat and we were driving by, and there's just mountains and mountains and mountains of debris. Yeah. Um, the it's, pictures it's, were awful. kind it's kind of surreal. So for any anybody that's never like had a hurricane uh, come through their hometown. Oh, it's, it's so hard because you identify with the places. Yeah. And you see it on the news and you're like, wow, that's crazy. But once you identify like the Lani Kai, how many times have you been at the Lani Kai? Hundreds. And then you see it destroyed you know, and it's, it's a whole different perspective. What was It, it? it hits
1: your taco, that little place. So I actually, I have a shirt from a bar that doesn't exist anymore. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm not happy about it. I'm actually really <laughs> bummed about the bar, but like, I feel like I've got an antique. I, I have a, I have a nice long sleeve uh, beached whale shirt that I love because I used to go there all the time. It was my favorite place. They did live music every single night. I'd take people out, show them the town. It's really cool. And now the beached whale is literally gone.
0: It's crazy. Uh, What's key now is everybody that sees you wear that shirt and they know what the beach l was, instant conversation started.
1: That's true. I'll bring it down to Fort Myers yeah. next time I'm there and wear it out. But the, I mean, the problem is, so even continuing on that, the cycle of people is kind of crazy. So when, when I was there, it was kind of a small town. And when you were, you kind of get it. You could literally walk around and see the same people and it's not that big of a deal. I go down there now, I walk around, I don't see a single person I know, which is also a factor of just being gone for a while. But it feels like small beach towns cycle people faster than anyone else.
0: It's an interesting thought because, you know, the migration to people from Florida are coming from these big cities that, you know, like New York and California paying these big taxes. Yep. Um, and then also, you know, the COVID restrictions had a, had a huge play in that. But, um, you know, they're moving to Florida and they're getting so much more for the money. Yeah. You know, in New York, Hundred square foot apartment was the same price as a beautiful home with some land. You know? And uh, that's why we saw the big boom down here. I mean it was pretty crazy, right? 30, 30 percent returns, 40% returns. You know, you cooped that with massive amounts of inflation. And if you own property, you're sitting pretty right
1: now, you know. Do you think that would have happened if COVID didn't happen?
0: I think a big factor and the inflation that nobody thinks about is the us printed off like one third of its money supply within yep. the last couple of years yep yeah, that's a huge amount and so oh so this is kind of going to the the big uh, hot topic right now is there going to be a crash and one the of the R things word. i think everybody's forgetting about is the money supply went up 30 percent therefore i mean the inflation we're seeing every the house, housing prices going up all that money went to hedge funds, which were driving the prices going up. And I think it's going to be interesting, man. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens.
1: In my side of the world, it is also an interesting conversation for a different reason. So everyone in the world is talking about the R word, like, oh my God, recession, this recession, that I say, well, the R R word, the R it is the, it's the R word literally. And um, it's like the C Uh, word concussion. You never say that. And um, (laughs) so I've got, I've got two sides to me. I've got Professional buttoned up real estate John who says, Look, hang on, guys, hold up. There's activity across the board. People are demanding more stuff than ever. Things are happening. Business is not slowing down. Their companies are demanding bigger and more space. They're distributing more products. Everyone is doing more. Then I've kind of got hippie web three side John over here who's like, yeah we've really screwed ourselves we don't actually need all this stuff none of it really matters and it's super silly that we're even talking about this we blew up our own system and it deserves to fall on its face and those two sides are very conflicted it keeps me up at night yeah
0: i'm i'm in the same seat actually yeah um you know i'm i'm the middle of flipping property so you know that's a big factor is if you're holding on to a piece of property short term and trying to flip it for what ARV or you know after repair value was, and the market tanks, and you lose ten percent. You know the average home price here is is three hundred and fifty thousand percent. That's thirty five grand off your margin.
1: You don't want to be holding the bag.
0: Yeah, that's right. You never. And the uh, we bag actually off. we are actually under contract, and I, I think we're gonna uh, cancel the contract because of that.
1: That's happening. We the...
0: we we can't afford a a ten percent dip.
1: I hate to after... do too much money boy talk because I know Matt's over there getting bored Um, but um, so I I find this interesting and we we pay attention to what the capital markets are doing the debt markets are very slowly but surely getting more difficult I don't know if you've noticed that or seen it but it is getting really hard for these gigantic companies to find people who lend them boatloads of cash yeah why is that on another hand on the other
0: so part of me thinks that there's this idea that there's gonna be a recession mm-hmm. so what's everybody doing it's a self-fulfilling prophecy cash. they're getting they're getting ready yeah. they're getting ready for this big recession you know and um <laughs> i mean the quote from the wolf of wall street i don't care if you're warren buffett or jimmy buffett nobody knows it's gonna happen right
1: yeah that's correct and
0: uh yeah um but you know another thing is i have i know companies that are developing and they're buying up property still paying super aggressive cap rates for land to develop. And, I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous.
1: Oh, there's a great Warren Buffett quote there. I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Something like that. And that's how you get rich. And I think that's always an interesting way of looking at things because Warren himself is clearly a smart dude. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta admit that at some point. I, um, I, I think... Stuff like that is what kind of keeps, it, it keeps things turn, turning because everyone wants to go look at the crypto markets and we can could, we could talk about the FTX thing at any point, but everyone wants to look at those and they say, oh, well, you guys believed in this asset that doesn't exist and it all, remi- it all revolves around hype. And I'm like, do you know how any recession starts? Either one, someone really screws up or two, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone flips shit and then shit goes to shit. That's what happens. When people are excited, good yeah, things happen.
0: yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it was, that was it? Is when when people are excited, good things happen. When they're when they're fearful, bad things happen. It it just it always fulfills itself.
2: Which is
0: interesting why COVID drove everything crazy, like drove everything up. But you say it, oh man, that's
1: COVID the was wheels it? turning Jeff. COVID was a fundamentalist thing. It was, it was, Hey, everyone's terrified, but everyone's spending more money and also everyone has more money. It doesn't like, It's one of those prices don't actually matter thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody got used to working from home, right? They didn't have to drive to work. They had so much more time to spend online shopping. Right. But, uh, I don't know that, that COVID thing was, kind of crazy are you guys into conspiracies at all oh i love conspiracy
1: theories i don't buy into many of them but i love them
0: uh, matt was telling me his covid conspiracy the other day matt go ahead and tell it what the covid <laughs> conspiracy you were telling me about it the other day
2: mm, no 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 no, no no you don't want to oh, be out not play with Happy those games <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> no no
0: everyone will come after him <laughs>
2: I don't Well,
1: he works in the medical industry, so they'll hang him alive if he says anything about vaccines that isn't positive. Yeah, I'm sure I'm already
2: on enough lists. Let's keep me off of
1: a few more. <laughs> you're going to get randomly searched next time you're at the airport. <laughs> oh, good.
0: <laughs> I did hear a crazy statistic. And again, I mean, who knows if it's true? Um, it was something about the multiple that these vaccine companies made. Mm hmm. It was like the average vaccine or, or you know, drug that comes out to the market, they make and it's not making this number up, like one billion. And then the first year that they came out or they were negative, like the first year they're negative, and the first year that the COVID vaccine came out or whatever, it was like twenty billion. Like you hear that figure and you're like,
1: wow. And so my favorite thing to do is I like to follow these uh, Twitter pages that do the data mining and they figure out what the politician like what stocks the politicians are holding. It it always like re it, it, it's kind of sadistic because I look at it and I just get angry and I like that I'm angry. I'm like, oh, God, I love getting angry at this. And it's I'm such a positive person usually, but it's my favorite little dirty treat. And so you follow these pages that do this. They do the data mining because the politicians have to, in air quotes, have to, because a lot of times they don't. They just cheat and get a slap on the wrist. But uh, they, they, quote, have to disclose what they're trading within a certain amount of time before it executes. I think it's 45 days. I can't remember. I used to know all this shit back in my series license days but i just forgot because real estate has requires too much brain power but so if you really want to get upset you should take a look at who owns what before they vote on the things that directly affect those companies and their products that will get you mad they all own
2: yeah
1: they own gigantic enormous amounts of Shares for these companies that have products and then they vote to like make it the only product anyone can purchase. It's it's wild. It's and it's on both sides. That's my favorite part. It's not you can't just point to like one political party and say they're the demons. No, it's on both sides really, really badly.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I had I had this joke going around and it was uh, whenever Alchi wanted something, he introduced a new vac like a new mandate. So, like, he's walking around, and, you know, he, he finally decided that his 200-foot yacht wasn't big enough, and he went to the dealership, and he said, how, how much is that one? And the guy says, $2 He goes, okay, one second. Let me make a call. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. President, we're going to need a third vaccine. I'm, I'm telling you, it's necessary. Make that a mandate. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll close tomorrow. You know, like, something <laughs> like that. um but, I mean, I don't want to talk crap about anybody who knows if he was in on it or not. I don't.
1: I just okay. don't trust anybody. Oh, yeah. I <sighs> I, uh,
0: well, I mean, that's the game though. That's the politician game.
1: So someone had no. asked, they were like, um, they were talking about the FTX thing. It was all the, the older guys I work with. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is all happening. And I said, guys, I, like, I basically laid it out, I said, look, anything after $20 million doesn't matter. That's so much money for one individual to have. There's nothing that's outside of your reach, really, that's $20 million besides like the Kardashians house. But they were never going to sell it in the first place. So it doesn't matter. It's too much money. It's too much control. After anything after that point, it's a game. It is entirely a game. It's just a power play.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of those politicians—that's what they care about. They care about having the power over people, and you know that's the—I um, sure think so. It's that uh, the story with the guy. He had the island. Um,
1: Billy. Billy he- McFarland.
0: No, he was the one accused of Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein?
1: Yeah.
0: Epstein, yeah. That was his plays. I mean, whether or not it's all true, right? Who knows? Uh, He would, you know, bring people over, get things on them, and he'd have power over them. And that's how he, I guess, Came such that power player, so to say.
1: It's one of my things that I don't go. This is one of the ones I just I refuse to go too deeply into because the deeper you get, the weirder it gets, and the worse it gets. And you're like, I I actually just don't want to know. I'd rather live my life in the rat race, accepting that I probably can't escape, but I'm gonna try and I'm gonna do my damnedest. Yeah, well, that's
0: that's the thing, right? Like you you totally have the ability to become a politician. Everybody does.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just no? have to convince a whole bunch of people to that your lies are correct and the other guy's lies or the other gal's lies are wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. You I, I always thought it was funny. You know, the last, the last, I don't want to go into politics too much, but uh, I will. At a high level, level. We that can last That there was a debate and I, I figured something out. This is when it clicked for me and it was Trump and Biden debating and something. And, Trump tried to get Biden to say something. He said something about the fuel or the the, the gasoline lines. And he said, oh, are you going to get rid of these? And he's like, no, I'm not. Or he said, yes, I am. Or no, I'm not. And he goes, you just lost the whole support of the left. I started thinking, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So it was one way against the left and, and Trump accuses him of losing the whole left. But so I'm thinking the right believes or doesn't believe in abortion. And I'm thinking, hey, at one time, Trump was on the cover of Playboy magazine. You know, with girls, like, don't think he's ever... I'm not saying he did, I'm not saying he isn't, but... It's a game. He has to go up on stage and say that he's totally against it because that's the right. That's why this, like, two-party thing is kind of ridiculous.
1: You know? I, yeah, and it, I hate to get too far into politics, but I'm with you. It just... So, I, every time... Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm giving you guys some ammunition for your racist uncle or aunt, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just every time we go down this rabbit hole and you've got... it happens every time I've got family and friends and everyone I know is for some reason when politics comes up they just they just lose their minds a little and I am accused of it too I lose my mind a little bit but I usually catch myself before it goes too far And I'm like "Oh, oh oh, oh, I'm I'm grabbing the rope that they're offering me I don't need this rope I can swim I'm fine and you just see people like get really really sucked in and they're like no 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 like we have to do this. We have to do this. It's good. The world's going to end if we don't do this. And I'm like, did the world end the last 10 times you didn't do this? No. Oh, oh, but this time's different, right? Oh, oh, I'll bet it's real different. I'll bet it's real different.
0: Also, it's the people's need to be right. I think so. so like, I, I know so many people that they're so far left or so far right that if you're in the middle, they'll argue with you just to argue yeah. and just to prove their point is right. And, you know, I... Enjoy conversations where people challenge my beliefs and we can have a conversation about it because that's about kind of being American, right? Is being able to accept other people's beliefs and, you know, having your own. And I mean, when people ask me what political party I'm in, I said I just, I'm just a normal person. Just a guy. Oh, yeah.
1: Just a guy yeah, doing I, my job, man, that, doing the best I can.
0: I think that goes to a bigger conversation. Have you seen that movie about Facebook and the way they uh, keep people online and that's why the political tension was so high?
1: The social network?
0: social network
1: I've not but, but I've, I know the synopsis I know all the I, I've looked into it, it, it is I mean there's stuff
0: they can do nowadays I remember in my marketing class it, they talked about a story of a woman getting an ad and a teenager like she was 17 getting advertisements directed to her about like pregnancy stuff mm-hmm. Dad's flipping out the dad's flipping out oh my god how are you sues target or sues whatever company it was Target goes. Oh, I'm sorry. We just have this list, and if they buy certain things, we think they're pregnant, and you know, we send them we send them some stuff to help them out, you know, coupons and stuff. Then I go. Oh my god, my daughter's 17. XYZ. I was pregnant. Yep. And they knew because she bought certain items.
1: They it hit the algorithm. The algorithm's like, oh, I know what's going on here, even if you don't.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: The algorithm freaks me out. I feel like social media was a failed experiment. It, like it was so good at first, and then we realized that our brains are just not they're not up to they're not up to code for it yet i i thought
0: it's failed experiment we're still in the experiment man especially people that are growing up and getting introduced to that at such a young age you're
1: right no so there's there's officially been one generation now that has grown up with iphones with social media their entire life they're probably what 17 or 18 now
0: they're some of them are millionaires some of them have so much money oh my god
1: which means we failed two Please. experiments. We failed the money experiment, and we failed the social media experiment.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Because there's no way oh, an eighteen-year-old's yeah. providing more value to other people than any of the folks that are on the ground actually doing the work.
0: You're, you're missing. You're missing it because they are providing value, and that's how they make money through advertisers. Advertisers go in and they want to market to those fourteen-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds. That's how they make their money, man. Advertisements. And so, or as you
1: have. You're correct, and I wish Chelsea was here because she's always a good uh, input here as she works in marketing, and she usually disagrees with me on this as well. but my my argument's usually a little more philosophical is 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 value real if it stems from an addiction?
2: Mm. Yes. Why? People are always going to be addicted to something, one thing or another, whether it be heroin, meth, nicotine, or social media. There's always going to be some sort of addiction. Addiction just means that your brain wants it even when you don't have it, and it lasts longer than when you're using it.
1: And good drug dealers. It's going make a to ton continue of money.
2: forever. Sure.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about that. I'm not saying we should beat it. What I'm, what I'm saying is that maybe the maybe the system of money has failed in the way that we will we will crave something and we will give up the things that push us forward to have that thing. And that's that's almost a loss of value. That's bad.
2: American way, baby. We put cocaine in Coke so that way people would have it more than anything else they were drinking.
1: And we put processed sugar in Big Macs. You'll keep coming back every two days.
2: We have scientists that sit there and mess around with the exact amount of macro and micro molecules in food so that way the package things you have on the aisle and publics you keep going back and grabbing. Yeah, you notice going- if you don't have Coke, it doesn't have cocaine in it anymore, but if you don't have it for a while, you don't want it. The second you have another Coke, you want it every single day for the next week. That's yep. how it is. It's the same as nicotine or heroin or meth or whatever else. People are addicted to different things. We just regard them differently and shame them differently in society.
1: And sugar, too. You know how much sugar is in almond milk if it's not unsweetened?
2: Oh, I'm... Well aware. 17 grams, as someone baby. Who is, <laughs> as, as someone who was uh, allergic to milk as a child, I'm well aware of the difference between uh, how much uh, sugar is in almond milk and rice milk and all the rest of it.
1: I have no doubt. You were allergic to milk as a kid?
2: Oh, yeah. I couldn't have ice cream or anything until I was like in my teenage years, and it kind of started to wear off to some degree, which wow. is weird. Your allergies can adjust with age, but... It's another long topic.
1: So did you have a bowl of ice cream and you're like, holy shit, I've been missing the best thing on the planet?
2: I'd had it from time to time. We had this fancy medication that you could take and you would swallow it and it'd kind of allow your system to like not react and cause you to die if you drank it or had it.
0: Oh, so. So you were like, you weren't just lactose intolerant, you were, you were like really allergic.
2: Oh, I was legitimately allergic, not just like lactose intolerant which wow. I didn't just get gas in the shits when I had it. I had a laser It'll be the next day,
0: but oh
1: wow. Yeah, That's one of those things that my body feels like it doesn't tolerate very well as I get older. I'm like dairy just doesn't agree with me at all. And I don't know why. It's probably just cause we were never meant to have it in the first place.
2: I think dairy and gluten are two things that are like really hard for the body to process. And the thing is, is medical wise, is they're both kind of processed in this area of the intestines that's very sensitive. You get a stomach bug, anything that kind of upsets the bacteria in that area, area, and it kind of messes up and it can't absorb those things like they used to. And so you get a temporary lactose deficiency. So like if you get a cold, whatever it may be, for the next two weeks, you may be lactose intolerant. It's a thing that doctors know and happens frequently. Gluten can do the same thing from time to time wow
0: uh, matt what's your opinion on raw milk curious
2: oh you should definitely not be drinking raw milk okay the, the the whole reason is pasteurized and boiled and done what they do is because there is really bad bacteria called listeria in there which can kill people <laughs> so wow. like there is just a couple of ice cream shops down where uh, i'm at call it uh uh Big Olaf Creamery and they were in the news, if you look it up and they, multiple people died because they got listeria from their ice cream because apparently it wasn't fully pasteurized as it should be. So uh raw milk is very bad. Let's uh stay away from it while we can. That's a good scientific uh, advancement that we should stick with for now. We
0: have raw milk in our refrigerator.
2: Ooh-wee. Just just <laughs> Look, if you're doing fine, that that's great, and I'm I'm happy for everybody to kind of test out things and see how they do with things, but um, you just got to be aware of the risks with what you're doing, yeah, and absolutely. that's one of them. Holy
0: smokes, man! I might uh, second guess myself next time I take a big gulp.
2: Man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the videos of when they actually uh, when they take milk from the cows, they're they're cleaning off dirt and. Shit off of the cow udders before they stick those suction uh, cups on
0: them.
2: Yeah. Suction cups on there. So I, I, I'm, I'm much more a fan of having my uh, milk kind of antibacterialized prior <laughs> to me drinking it.
0: <laughs> all right. What about liver? Have you ever eaten liver either, of you guys?
1: I Ooh, have. No. I've not, but I'm not against it. I just don't know anything about I, it.
0: Oh, my roommate is, is super into all this stuff, and he's kind of been, you know, showing me the the rope so to say and uh i had liver for the first time and the contis- the consistency is like an eraser <laughs> it does not taste good you drench it in honey so like who cares and uh i tell you after i ate it the amount of natural energy i had and it's not like coffee where you're jittery but just like you i felt like i wanted to run it was insane
1: what's in it just, uh, it's just hard. massive amounts of protein it's har-
0: it's nutrients. There's so much natural nutrients in there. But the problem is, is if you want liver, you have to get like organic grass fed beef liver, because the liver is what and Matt, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, is what processes all your food. So if you eat a liver that was from a cow that ate shit, I it liver's not going to be as as beneficial. If you eat a liver from a healthy grass fed organic cow, I mean, you
2: feel like a superhuman. That kind of so checks like out, out Tony's not wrong. The liver is a filtering and processing organ. Basically it gets rid of toxins. So if you're eating toxins, it holds a lot of toxins. But if you're eating good things, it also produces a whole lot of proteins and enzymes. It's a very key organ to the body. So it it is a very good organ meat to eat if you're going to eat an organ meat. Now I personally, haven't eaten it i'm kind of afraid of the texture because i know a lot of people say it's kind of mealy or racer like like you said but there are some benefits to eating to eating it it does have a lot of proteins and vitamins that are stored in the liver
1: were you referencing the liver king
0: uh, uh no i i actually learned about this before the liver king but he he's a different he's a different animal man
2: he's a crazy dude he, i don't I, believe anything he says that man is on four different steroids every single day. Absolutely. And then he's like, yeah, man, I just eat liver. It's what does it for me. Yeah, there's no way.
0: He's, he's, he says he na- he's natural, and he he sticks by it, man. He sticks by it. But uh, regardless, I think he's a marketing genius. I think he found this hole in the market, right? Part of the alpha man, like, eat meat. The hunter. sigma male. <laughs> and, like, he has these, I mean, think about, like, Content, right? And just engaging. How many people have gone online and been so confident, just a yoked dude eating testicle, raw testicle? Like, it's content, dude. And you get, I get sucked in. I'm like, man, let me watch this guy use some fucking cowballs.
1: They're you know? entertainers. They're not scientists. It's like the Paul brothers and like Andrew Tate, guys like that. And we talk about this all the time on this show. And those people are pure entertainers. And that's what they do. And their entire goal is to sell you on whatever. Dumbass, ridiculous idea they've cooked up in their head over the weekend.
2: Here's the thing is, is they're not, it's not necessarily always wrong. Like if you have a supplement, it may do exactly what it's supposed to do. It may be the best pre-workout, best protein, whatever it is. But if you show a guy on there, that's what they do. And that's all they do. They're going to still look like a pretty average dude that goes to the gym. You want to have the guy that's a bodybuilder that's jacked on four different steroids that's looks huge to brand it of course yeah it isn't got them that big but that's what you need as a for marketing it's just what it is right and so those liver supplements that liver king sells may be legit may actually be helpful is it going to make you look like him not at all but it may be good for you and i can't say that they are or aren't it's
0: interesting i was taking those uh from uh, dr carnivore or something they're, it's called heart and soil or something they're organic dry freeze like organs and so they have one that's a generic it has a bunch of organs in it you take like six of them um i was doing that at lunchtime and i felt uh, an incredible difference hey, i wouldn't i was addicted to coffee i drink coffee in the morning and i drink coffee in the afternoon i stopped having to drink coffee in the afternoon when i was taking them add so much energy
1: Talk about that one too. Coffee's always kind of odd because people don't realize caffeine's like the world's most popular psychedelic drug and we've banned all the other psychedelic drugs but the world runs... Psychedelic. What?
0: Describe psychedelic.
1: Caffeine's a psychedelic drug. That's what it is. It causes a... Correct me if I... Am I crazy, Matt? I'm almost positive I'm right about this.
2: I don't... It's psychogenic.
1: Okay.
2: I don't know if let's call it psychedelic. So it does have effects on your brain, energy boost, but it's not going to cause you to hallucinate or anything.
1: But it alters your state of mind. I guess you could say it about anything, though, couldn't you?
2: Uh, Yeah, if it speeds up or slows down your cognition, it's a gray area. Okay. Like, if I I eat too many carbs, it alters my cognition because I slow down. Right.
1: All right, yeah, so this is why we have a doctor on the show. It just makes sense. But... I, um, yeah, I don't, so I I I don't know exactly. Yeah, but like it serves, it serves a similar purpose to that. Cause think about it. If you have two cups of coffee in a row, you're probably just wired. You are absolutely buzzing on whatever you're doing and you're not in your right state of mind. And we're all pretty okay with that. We don't really, we don't really care. Right.
0: Oh, well, you know, you look at the history of coffee and I forgot where I heard this. It was something about uh, that bosses in the Industrial Revolution, they would let all their employees take a break. And they gave them free coffee. Mm, they sense. were better off, they made more money, giving them free coffee and allowing them to take a 30 minute break in the afternoon, because they all drink coffee, they would all go and socialize, and then go back to work all jittery and, you know, increase productivity.
1: So I think caffeine has a really important place in our society. I just think we abuse the hell out of it. So today I got home, I got, I got off work, I got done, and it's getting cold up here. And cold, I guess, is relative, whatever. It's in the 50s, 40s, something like that. So it's chilly for me. It's really nippy. My bones hurt whenever I work out. I don't like it. And so I really didn't want to work out. But I have to work out, one, before the podcast because I'm going to have a glass of wine and you can't work out. You can't drink if you don't work out. It's just a rule. I think it's how you just yes, you can well yeah okay Dr. Matt over here runs around a <laughs> hospital all day but and the other point is that you just it's it's a good thing to do and I didn't want to do it and so I said all right what do I do and I was like oh let's break out the pre-workout pre-workouts basically just a giant shot to the noggin of caffeine and sugar I don't know what else is in there but Half a scoop of that, shake it up in some water, chug it over the next 10, 15 minutes. Man, I felt great. I had a killer workout. Loved it. I felt warm, good to go. Got everything done I wanted to do and then hopped on here and had already sweated it out, taking a shower. It has a purpose.
0: Let me ask you this. What time did you take it?
1: It was probably about 5 p.m.,
0: 5.15. Does that affect your sleep at all?
1: Yeah, it does. Any So anything, you're absolutely right. Anything after noon, um, caffeine, any caffeine after noon... Does so. The only reason I allow the pre-workout is because if you work out really hard, I feel like you burn most of it off, and it's okay. But the sleep is still kind of shit. It's not good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one thing that I was I was curious to. And do you know how many milligrams of caffeine are in your
1: workout? I don't. So I'm careful with this one. So the one I got is kind of funny. I, so I got it about a year ago, and I just don't use it that often. I only use it in emergencies, and so. I got it. And the guy at the counter, he was kind of selling me. He's like, oh yeah, you want to make sure you maybe, maybe you should get two of these because you know, they, they cut the amount of caffeine in half on this one because it was like out of FDA regulations. And I said, all right, well red flag number one right there, but that's perfect. I, I only want half of whatever you had before. I don't want all of that. And so that I only do half of what they recommend of the half strength stuff. And I, that's how I kind of regulate it and burn it off. Cause I'm a caffeine lightweight coffee puts me off my ass.
0: Yeah, no, you know, I'll say one thing is, is most pre-workouts have like one scoop is like three to four cups of coffee.
1: Yeah, it's insane. It's ridiculous. Do you remember what but Four I loco will... was? It was like six cups of coffee, something like that, back in the day. You said C4? Uh, four loco, the alcoholic drink.
0: That had caffeine in it?
1: Yeah, it was. Oh, the- yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I,
0: never, I never drank those. No. The
1: original formula did. I think the new one still does, but it's like a lower dose.
2: It was equivalent to, like, four shots and, like, four cups of coffee per, like, drink. Yeah, was, That's why they banned it, yeah. and they had to redo everything. Oh, wow.
1: I will tell you, Holy though, smokes. if you're looking to have a really, really, really good night, just get, like, two Four Locos. That's it. It's going to cost you four bucks, and you're going to have... I was
0: about to say. <laughs> you're
1: going to have a crazy night. Crazy.
2: It, it's not going to taste good, but you'll have a good time. And you will wake up with the worst hangover of your life. It's going to taste like pure battery acid along the way.
1: Sugary battery acid, though. If you add enough sugar to anything, Sugary it's better. Sugary
2: battery good. acid. Uh, I think battery acid on its own tastes better without the sugar.
1: It's possible. Do you guys want to take a super quick halftime? I want to grab some more drink. Sure. Sounds good. Cool. Be back in a sec. All right. We're back. Sorry about that. And So you and I were just chatting about um, the our, our work, our work life, and the side of things that we do. And part of the reason why i am always so hesitant about the whole recession thing is because my work has not slowed down there's nothing about it has slowed down it's just activity's just still rolling and everyone wants to say oh well the numbers the numbers show this the numbers show that all the all the chart guys i hate the chart guys and I know, i'm sorry if you are a chart guy i don't think you are but the chart guys all want to point to all these candlesticks and all this stuff and oh it's exactly what 2008 did and i'm like ah like, what? i mean but people aren't slowing down i mean you had the giant ftx thing which we probably should talk about at some point but besides the fraud eh shit's still
2: moving because we can only define a recession based off numbers numbers don't mean anything they're just points on a plot what because we can't define a recession by people's actions, really, it's too difficult to quantify. But that's really what defines a recession is when people really start cutting back, they're not going out to eat, they're not buying things, they're hoarding what money they do have, because it's too tight, their stocks are tanking. But so then we see the stocks come up. And that's what we can quantify is the amount of buying and selling stocks. So I really
0: like how you just said that, because you were 100% right. But uh, recession is quantified in literal terms of GDP, gross domestic product, which is the buying and selling of things. Um, and it's two periods of where GDP goes down. Correct. Real GDP, you nominal GDP, but yeah. I, I love how he said that, not as an economist, and was still just like spot on for what it was.
1: He's a natural businessman. I've been telling him for years
0: an intellect. He's a smart dude. You know,
1: he just refuses. He wants to go save people, which is lame <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what man, there's a lot of doctors that have real estate I'll tell you this I would I've been going to Starbucks every morning. I'll go. I- this is my morning routine. I'll go I'll wait for my computer co- to connect. It takes like five minutes every time I go to Starbucks mm-hmm. I play a game of chess while my coffee's warm uh, cools down right MHS is over I read for a little bit right check my emails and I start I start working um, but I was on the phone talking real estate with some business partners of mine a guy came over and he, he was a doctor and he was buying he was he was selling he was in a bad partnership he wanted to get out and he wanted a third party which is where he came to me and asked me to do this to negotiate a contract acting like a competitor and he's gonna pay me as a consultant inside of my Starbucks isn't that crazy it's yeah that sounds sort of legal oh wouldn't it be legal well it's it's a bit
1: I don't know it just you're acting like someone that you're not right
2: legal probably ethical probably not
1: sure I mean I fraud's such a broad thing I don't, I don't know I don't know I don't I'm I, I mean meet.
0: Walmart does the same thing, right? They they go through a third party because they don't want to come off as Walmart because they think the rents are going to get jacked up. Oh, that's so true. He, he's actually that's trying true. to buy the, he's trying to buy it, but he doesn't want to know he doesn't want the third party to know that he's
1: I I misheard you. I apologize. I absolutely understand I what you're saying just now. No, no, no. It, it was it was that was my bad cuz that does happen quite quite often. I've had several circumstances of Disney that, that did. I've seen. Yeah, it's where someone, they, they don't want you to know that you're Amazon trying to buy up the land, right? It's an example. of Amazon? Yeah. Ah. Well, no one wants to do business with gonna... Amazon anymore because they're assholes, but.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a few good Amazon
1: stories. Oh, I do too. There's. You so, know,
0: <laughs> know that facility they just built on Alico Road? Yes, I do. A golf place that was there? Yeah. Me and Warren went on the very last day that they were open, totally coincidentally. Just happened to go there and just to hit some balls for fun. And they're like, hey, just so you know, this is be the last day. Wow. I'm like, oh, I heard about the Amazon facility being built. I'm like, oh, I bet I bet they bought the land.
1: And sure enough. No doubt. Three months later. Yep. So they, I mean, they probably got a huge cash out, though. Just Amazon just has infinite pockets. but. So the, the funny thing about Amazon is they tie up land everywhere. It's, it's what they do is they just go ahead and they put everything they want under contract and then they just never do anything with it. And all these sellers want to deal with Amazon because they're Amazon. They're like, oh, we can charge them whatever we want. It's going to be great. I love it. This is my, this is my retirement money. They've just got it under contract for a year. And within that year, they decide, oh... Well, we had these eighty sites under contract. We're going to develop on four of them, and those four are probably not yours. So, a lot of greed, a lot of short-sighted humans that see the they see the big A and they go crazy. As do we all. Hang on, I'm losing you. All right, we're back. What are you going to say?
0: So so fascinating enough, I was reading a CoStar article back when I had access at my last job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They were saying that if a building, if an office building or a retail building didn't have a place for a drone to land and drop off things, would be it wouldn't be considered a class. Order for a building to be considered a class, it had to have drone access. Wow. Is
1: this because they're trying so to do that? that.
0: I don't know why, but I mean it makes sense, right? Is that the future? Drones, drones delivering packages. Dron- have a drone spot on your house. All the new construction starting to have drone drone uh, delivery spots.
1: Drone delivery is theoretically less fuel consuming than driving everything in trucks. Isn't that a good thing?
2: It only makes yeah. sense for small packages too. I mean, there's a whole lot of all of your mail, with the exception of large, heavy packages, which are done through Amazon for the majority. Could be done via drone, it dropped off at your house at a lot cheaper rate than having to employ a truck that uses gas as compared to a drone, which is electric. And it's a lot more fuel efficient too.
1: Hey, isn't that a good thing? I mean, even if the big packages still have to take a little bit longer and go through a truck, all everything small is dropped off by a little bzzz and it's there and done and then it goes home. Isn't that a good thing? It
2: was- it's not like our general mail is already dropped off by Amazon anyways. The Amazon trucks will keep running with the heavy packages no matter what. It would just eliminate the need for all the UPS trucks, which suck a lot of gas were made in the 90s, have awful aerodynamics, yeah, and are just kicking out CO2 like crazy.
1: Are the drones automated? That's my big question.
0: Yeah.
1: How?
2: How do they know where to go? It's just a computer, computer program. It's Google Maps for a flying machine i'm just trying to think if they don't have like, a
1: point to ping it off of what do they do
0: My my imagination puts me directly to you put a pad out like a four by four pad out in your house and you draw a qr code on it yeah and as it's flying over it can it can pick up the qr code and come and, and drop it off
1: that's what i was just thinking me, you, you'd have to like yeah. have something that you purchased from them and placed in your home
2: well, if you even think about, that. there's a couple cities that have like already started this where the Walmart, I guess, just really started the drone deliveries and all. And I'm not entirely sure they do it, but they typically drop A in the backyard where it's delivered. And I think it's just because they kind of pull up like property maps, which are pretty standard for every city. They have to be public record. yeah. And then they just kind of drop it in the middle of the backyard area, which is generally the largest spot. And it just kind of like, floats down with this little parachute.
1: It's very, very. Um, what's the uh, Jetsons? It's very Jetsons-esque.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Ugh, I do you think? Know. Do you think in our lifetime we'll have flying cars?
2: No, I don't think they make sense. We already really? do, but they're just not good for society as society currently stands. They just don't work.
1: I think the. I think like automated or like electric helicopter like. Heli- helicarrier, almost type of things like the Harriers, where they have the, uh, uh, what's it called the, like the the things that make them go up, the the spinning things are flat with the ground, where they can just lift straight up, go forward, and go straight down. You
2: know what I'm talking about? Vertical, yeah. Vertical takeoff and landing. Yeah, Kinda man. Like you're, uh,
1: you're looking at me like I'm real stupid, and I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, we are, we are.
0: We're all picking up what you're putting down. I just I can't think of the word either. It's yeah. not a propeller because yeah. propellers are forward. It's um, helicopter no. blades,
2: rotors. Yes, rotors.
1: Yeah. yeah, God, that was that was um, a lot of brain power to get where we just got. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I think I think the problem comes is if there's no organization to it. I mean, think about if everybody their car instantly turned into one of those, you know, your airspace things.
2: gets so crowded.
0: You know, and it'd be hard to organize.
2: No, no. If we do it, we really need to make the pilot license for those flying cars really difficult to get because we don't need no, all I those think, people. I think
0: it'd be all automatic. I don't think you'd give anybody control. Yeah. People, are That's fine. people are Too incompetent.
2: We, we need to cut off. Drive as it is, all the people that drive the late nineties Honda Civics and ha- or the Civics and Accords that zip in between traffic all the time and cut you off and fly at ninety miles an hour in a little car. Those people don't deserve to fly. They need to be stuck on the ground.
1: I don't even think they belong on the ground. Those people are fucking awful. It's just not even—they they, they deserve to walk. Regardless of what you drive, freedom is good. Freedom has a time and place in the in the the driving because you are absolutely responsible for everyone around you if you're doing dumb shit. I am. It's oh, something I get so fed up with, and I know I'm getting old just saying it. But I'm like, cars are incredible. We've built these amazing, beautiful machines that do awesome stuff. Every new car is fast, besides like very few. But they're all really fast compared to what we did in the 70s and 80s. So why does everyone just get to have one of these? And why do they get total free reign to be irresponsible and put everyone else around them in danger? It kind of sucks. Like It's not great. And if you have enough money, you can have a Porsche 911. And all of a sudden, you've got the fastest car on the road. And you can be as dumb as you want and hurt other people.
2: You don't got to have a whole lot of money. You just got to be able to take out the line of credit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But, John, you, you brought up something,
0: and it kind of ties into something I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. You, you brought up the point that, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, cars weren't that advanced. Yeah. And, you know, within, within, yeah, 50 years. Within 50 years, now we have electric cars. We have self-driving cars. I mean, the automation is crazy. It's wild. So, So think about it this way they are starting to do their first recreational space travel which means you can buy a ticket extreme amount of money Mm -hmm. go up in the sky and go to space as a as a civil civil uh civilian right do you think in our lifetime that will be a normal thing that people can do like going to walt disney world like walt disney will have a space program
1: I'll answer that. But I first, I got to say that I I love you for asking that because that is something we ask almost every new person that comes on almost every show is if you could go to space on one of these new adventures that all the billionaires are doing, would you do it? So that's my question. Then I'll answer yours.
0: Well, I think they have a better success ratio than planes do.
1: It's a hundred percent, isn't it? For recreational space flight. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, so far, right?
1: You're right. with, with a study of five, yeah. F we've got all five. You're absolutely That's
0: right. 100% of my book.
1: I think if someone's going to do it, it's going to be Disney, Amazon, or Apple. Uh, or Elon Musk. Where's Moscow. Elon in this? I think he's, I don't know. He's the most unpredictable human I've ever read a news story about. I have no idea. I'm never going to ever bet on or predict his next move. You
0: know what fascinates me? Tell me. I'm a big alien guy. I love aliens. Me too. I'm just waiting to see a UFO and freak out and crash my car because I'm recording, right? Totally worth it.
1: Yep.
0: He has admitted or publicly stated that he has no evidence that there are any aliens. I'm thinking if there's one guy would be in the know and that would tell the public, it's him. And that really disappoints me.
1: I think you're right. Although I think the U.S. military would probably see it before him.
2: Well, I told you all, I told John that at least way back in the show, this was like when the COVID first started and I can't verify this, but it was like a big war general for, I think it's either the NATO or the United States came out and this is when COVID was first happening and said, we have made contact with the aliens. They do not want anything to do with us. And part of me is like, that makes sense. Sounds pretty legit. I'm okay with that. The yeah. other part of me was like, sounds like something you would say during a pandemic to try to direct everybody elsewhere. The other part of me was like, sounds like something you'd say in a pandemic because you have to say it and everybody's just gonna ignore it because there's a pandemic going on.
1: It's good. So good I'm time. not
2: sure what to do with it.
1: You ever heard uh, of the, the Fermi paradox? No. Fermi Paradox. No. So the Fermi Paradox is interesting. It's it, it seeks to answer the question of why the hell haven't we seen aliens? And there's many layers to it. I'm not going to do it justice. It's a long read. So I'd be careful if you Google it. It's like you're going to go down the rabbit hole for a good 20 minutes. And a few of the theories are like, hey, one, either they did find us. They looked at us and said, man, these people are just not ready and went away. Two... We are completely alone, which is the most terrifying of all. Three, they just haven't found us yet, but they're out there somewhere. And there's just there's there's a couple different layers to it, and it really tries to answer like we we have the technology to where we probably should have seen something by now. Or maybe there's a giant cataclysmic event that happens that stops all species from getting to a
2: spacefaring state.
0: Okay, you missed four. four. You what's, missed you missed four.
2: What's four? Go for it, Tony. I want to hear your four
0: before I get my four. They created us. We are we are our product and we are their experiment.
2: That's
1: part of it, yeah. Yeah, and it's they're they're um, watching us the whole time.
0: I do wanna say, so do you guys know who Graham Hancock is? No. Okay, so he is an archaeologic. Archeolog- ar- Can you help me out with this word? Archaeologist. Archaeologist. Archaeologist, thank you. And um, he believes that there was this huge catastrophic catastrophic event around 10,200 BC. And it wiped out, you know, 70% of the population. Um, and he, there's this episode, on, there's a series on Netflix that just came out, um, brand new. And he talks about how in all these civilizations, they built these massive structures, um, all very similar to the pyramid shape, right, raising and, and huge, like, feats that we just couldn't understand. We didn't think they had the technology at this time. And uh, they, they're, astronomy so advanced it's crazy all of these stories all of these civilizations each have their own story either giants or someone coming from the sea like it was just pure chaos before they came they came from the sea and more to the story but basically they taught them about laws they taught them about agriculture and they taught about taught them about civilization and
1: there was this these
0: yeah, I don't, you gotta you gotta watch it. It's it's fascinating, so, whether it's real or not. But
1: did Rogan have this guy on? What'd you say?
0: He's the one that talks about the younger Dryas theory.
1: Yeah, so I haven't I haven't listened to that one yet. I've been really excited. I Matt I know rolls his eyes and Chelsea really hates him, but I do enjoy Rogan. I love how he explores this shit and it just it he asks the fun questions of the crazy people and I really like it. So I I've actually been saving that one. I really do want to listen to it and that stuff does fascinate me. The idea that maybe maybe the pyramids were designed by some greater crazy race. And we, we stumbled upon it and we're like, oh, there's no way the slaves built this. And maybe we're right.
0: I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Right? One of the most fascinating things that he brought up is there's this stone tablet. Right? And there's all these depictions of different things. And, you know, it kind of represents constellations that we know. Ooh. Not the exact constellations that we have, but... I mean, if you could point them out in the sky, there's these three setting suns and each of the setting suns have a constellation on them. If you line up where the sun set at the certain time, because you know, the earth turns and every year, it's like, I think every 1000 years, it's 2% different or something. Mm-hmm. They can come up to with an approximation of when the stone tablet was, you know, um, created. And it's a long time ago long time ago I love this stuff
1: I so it's kind of funny like we go through school and we have we we believe we have such a good understanding of history and we go through all these things you're like oh like I know when these people were around and all this we don't know shit we don't know anything (laughs) it's wild it's wild and we're sitting here acting like we know everything and I think human pride is such an odd concept and we really really buy into it these days especially and it would just do everyone such such good to step back and say we really don't know anything. We should all just be nice to each other and try to figure it out.
0: No, that's a you should tell Putin that.
1: <laughs> do right do we
0: now, dare? Like one, of talk, <laughs> one of the things I want to talk about is the threat of nuclear war right now. Like like we're just like sitting, laughing, drinking wine, smoking a cigar. Dude, what was that thing that that Putin fired a missile at uh, Poland or something? I
2: don't they know. They haven't proved it was Russia yet to my understanding, but a rocket was fired from Ukraine that happened to be a Russian rocket and hit and killed two people in Poland. Oh. But they also have hit the German embassy also already. So things are a little bit tense.
1: I just there's nothing I can do about it. So I, I stay away from that one. And, and you're absolutely right. I think that's the one thing that everyone should actually probably worry about is that the one thing that could really just fuck humanity up forever is nuclear war. There's no coming back from that. We're done.
0: Yeah, but I, I like what you said about that. If, if there's nothing you can do, like, you're in no position of power, neither am I, neither is Matt, you know, to, to make anything different. So it's kind of like that if the tree fell in the woods, you know, does anybody, if, if, if the tree make a sound, if no one's around to hear it, you know? yeah,
1: but we're the ants in the ant pile under the tree We're not, we're not the humans away from the forest
2: we're, We are under the tree All yeah, the I know Nuclear
0: bomb goes off
1: We're done no,
0: there's, no, there's nothing you can do
2: We're done All I know is I'm in medical school And that means I can't be drafted <laughs> <laughs> If you're in college or, or graduate school You're typically going to uh, pass that But everybody from 18 and above You're perfect
1: So I've got two quick statements for that. My first one is that I have really, really high hopes for our generation and the two below us that are currently kicking ass, doing things and really smart, even though they've got their own ridiculous issues and they're all addicted to screens. Forgetting that, I think every generation's had those same hopes. And So I'm kind of like cautiously optimistic, but at the same time recognizing that, hey, in the 60s, everyone was a hippie and they're like, oh, yeah, we're totally not going to be what our parents were. And then they were. <laughs> they were the same terrible shitheads in the 90s.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with nationalism and thinking that you're better than everybody else. And Absolutely. everybody's guilty of it, right? Oh, my God, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that was so beautiful, I got to travel abroad and study in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to see all the different cultures and to see how fundamentally the same everybody is, but on the outside speaking different languages and, and doing all of this, I mean... It's it's curious what's going to be the result of the internet and social media and being able to be connected with people from all over the world. I think you're right. I think that hopefully, will kind of stop all of this. You know, the day there's still dictators. There's still dictators out there, and I mean North Korea is kind of crazy when you hear stories.
1: Yeah, well, you like to you like to look at stuff like that, and I think. So th- this might go a little bit deeper into it. I think language plays such a heavy part in how societies develop. And I know that's a very broad statement, but English is such a, it's a loose language. It is a lot of, I mean, the word fuck can be used in seven different ways. It's, it just is what it is. And most of our language does not translate to other languages. And so Spanish is very, very simplistic and a little romantic and everything about it. And so I've talked to Chelsea about this before. It's it just, it's such a simplistic romantic language. And you look at their culture and you think, okay, that just, it, it makes sense. They are the way they are. They're kind of just, ah, let's do it. Why not? It makes sense. It's great. Chinese, Mandarin Chinese is interesting because, and I got through rudimentary Mandarin on Duolingo, looked into it. They've got like a lot of research on there, which is really fun. Chinese is interesting in that it's very, very proper. Every girl. The what? Very literal. Very literal and very proper and it's very structured. And so if you want to identify someone in a sentence the correct way, maybe this is not how they actually speak over in China, but the correct way is to identify someone's family name, then only if you're familiar with them very personally, then you identify them by their first name and then you, be, then you begin the sentence with what you want. And then you close it off with the niceties it's in it, once you understand how it's structured and I, I could have butchered that but there is a very very specific structure to it and you say oh that culture has evolved the way it has because of the way their language is and they have 100 percent reinforced each other
0: wow that's yeah no i i agree with you but i didn't know that about mandarin that's that's fascinating well think about that's english
1: awesome. because of how loose we are and how impersonal like we it's, it's frustrating to be business with someone. It, it just is, at least for me. Do you feel the same way? I
0: mean, it's kind of like you meet someone on the, on the street and you don't know their name. You go, hey, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's as casual as you can get, right?
0: If you're at the gym, hey, bro, can I? What are you, what's that? You know, can I hit a set? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's interesting. We've I've never the, really thought about that. We've and, and and you have got these little lingo don't think codes. about that Unless you, you know, go on lingua or you research or you travel a
1: little bit. Well, uh, but that's all we know, and that's what the majority of Americans know. The majority of Americans have not traveled outside of America. They just—that's it. That's I'm all. all not they know outside their state. Right. Absolutely. And so all they know is their very localized version of the language that dictates their culture.
0: Uh, I, I remember I was working at Dunkin' Donuts back when I was like sixteen, and I lived in a very his, like predominantly Hispanic community, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember people would come in and they they wouldn't speak English and my coworkers would get so mad. Oh my God, if you're gonna come to America, speak English, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, ah, get out of here, man. Like, ah.
1: Have you ever- I hadn't even been good. No, I was gonna, whatever, finish your thought, please.
0: I was gonna say, like, I hadn't even been well-traveled yet, but I knew that 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 way of thinking was just so low.
1: So when you were in Barcelona, how frustrating was it if you couldn't communicate with someone?
0: So my personality type is very fun and flirty, mm-hmm. uh, if I may. You may. And so I would go and I and I would laugh. I would like talk to people and I'd always introduce myself um, and I'd say like, "Hola, oh, lo siento, pero mi español es muy mal." I, first thing I say, my Spanish is very bad. Yep. Then I say and then I say something like, "I'm learning every day," and uh, like, "Aprendiendo cada día" or something like that. And uh, if I start off with that, everybody would take their time and and let me try and they'd teach me and I'd say, ¿Cómo se dice esto? How do you say that? And they'd teach me and every day I would learn. The key was is I'd go to the same places and I'd build those relationships and everybody took their time with me and and it was fun. And, uh, you know, pretty soon you can get in the cab and you can have a drunk conversation with the cab driver and kind of make out, you know, some kind of conversation and I thought of it more as a game. It wasn't frustrating. It was a a
1: challenge that was fun. It's fun how the Spanish culture kind of does that. So, I have a, whenever I started working in the big kid world, and I was like, all right, I gotta have a restaurant around here, and so I, I found a restaurant nearby our office and that I loved, and it's a Spanish restaurant. Maybe two people there actually speak English. And so I, I did this, I said, I'm gonna go there once a week and I'm just gonna practice Spanish with them. And I, I, I was super nervous, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna, like, I don't wanna offend someone because I know usually in the English world, if you speak another language and he's like, hi, my English is really bad. Um, I'm going to try my best. People get really offended because they're like, they're like, no, like we need to do things fast. We got to be fast, 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 fast. We got to figure it out. And go. You're wasting my time. Why are you wasting my time? Um, introducing it to these super nice folks, family-owned restaurant. They have been the biggest pleasure in my life for the past year and a half or so. It, it has just been so wonderful. And I walk in hola como estas estoy bien y tu gracias and we do you know the greetings (laughs) and then i i usually try to like pick a phrase a word or a sentence or something to introduce como se dice and then i ask one of the english speakers in english what i want to say and the translation is never exact it's always a little different you say oh the reason you're saying it differently is because you perceive what i'm saying as different from how we see it in the english world it's entertaining and and the best part is they love it. They eat it up. They're like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy!" You're trying to learn this language. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I'm like, "What? This is fun for like I'm getting more out of this than you are. Why are you happy for me? I, I'm happy for me."
0: <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you the exact reason because they have so many ignorant people come in there and get mad when they can't communicate because the waiter only speaks Spanish or waitress.
1: So that was also I, a good question. I was like, "How do you? How do you communicate with someone who only, who does not speak?" English and you don't. Like your English is god awful and I say that in a very nice way. But um they're like, Oh no no, we just memorize what to say. Like, oh hi, welcome in. This is this is what it is, blah blah blah. What would you like to drink? And I'm like, Do you know what you're saying? They're like, kind of. <laughs> we just memorize it and then look for water, coke, soda, like something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, the, the easiest way to become friends with someone that doesn't speak English is tell them that their English is great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love it. They absolutely yeah. love it.
0: I, I do the same thing, man. I have a taco joint just down the street and uh, we go there taco Tuesdays, have dollar tacos, and they speak English fairly well. But I always order in Spanish. And at first they looked at me like I was crazy, like what are you doing trying to speak Spanish? And then they caught on. They understood that I'm trying to practice and, and they'll they love it now.
1: Yep. Yeah. Is that uh Los I think that's like so dos sobres co- or something like that? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I've been there. I love that and, spot.
1: I love that spot.
0: And, uh, you know, I think that just goes into the type of people that we are, you know, like we're not ignorant. We always want to learn. We're always trying to grow and better ourselves. And we're kind of on the uphill ladder. We're not trying to be stagnant, you know, for you trying to take on Mandarin. Like for, for what? Like Spanish makes sense, right? Because there's so many different Spanish speakers in, in America. But Mandarin like that. I'm I didn't know that. Much. you. Know, I'm like so impressed.
1: So that was a fun, fun experiment. So I kind of I kind of really dive into it like once a year and then I get kind of to where I hit like a block or I get a little bit further usually every time. But part of it was, I just thought, you know, in the future I think Chinese is gonna be really valuable in business. I'm, I don't know if I'm as motivated as I used to be. So before we go into that though, I have to tell you, I'm not, you're hyping me up here. I totally pussied out whenever I went to Los Sobres or Dos, Dos so- Sobres so or whatever it is. So like I got there and she walked up and I was with two of our good friends. And I was so excited, I was like, oh my God, like new Spanish restaurant, time to practice, like time to like like try what I'm learning. And she asked, I was like, what would you like to drink? And I was about to be like, un margarita, por favor, uh, roques no sal, which is typical. And say, like, y un agua. And I just I just wimped out. I was like, uh yeah, I got a margarita, no salt, and a water. Is it <laughs> because of your? Is it because of your friends? I was embarrassed. When your friends were with you. I don't know. It might have been, but I was like, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable enough to do this. Like, I feel weird. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Now you gotta get
0: over that. I know. Because I, I know. I felt the same thing when I was in front of my friends. And we're going to Puerto Rico for three weeks, so I'm like, you guys better start practicing. I can't be carrying the team the entire time. Yep. At least learn how to find the bathroom. You know.
1: Ah yeah. <laughs> Quiero el baño. <laughs>
0: The, I want the bathroom. The, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, donde esta el baño? The, the Chinese thing was interesting. And it, well, originally it was an experiment for two reasons. It was one, because of the business thing I said. And two, because I was like, I am actually curious how hard this is. And turns out it's not a hard language. And if you can just memorize a few characters, you can do okay. Because their words are characters. They don't, they don't do alphabet like we do. You know what's a really flippin' hard language? Fucking Korean. Oh my god, it's impossible. They have letters in their alphabet that sound the same, but they're different letters. (laughs) I don't... I I, I couldn't... I tried. I couldn't do it. It was impossible.
0: Why were you trying to take on Korean?
1: It was another experiment. I was like, hey, I've just... uh, So I have a couple Korean friends. I have a couple South Korean friends, and... They brag about Shoal like it's the greatest place on the planet. And I was like, I would love to go to Shoal one day, and I want to see what this is all about. This seems to be the greatest place on Earth. Uh, I should probably have a rudimentary understanding of their language. I gave up within two days. I said, this is this is too much. I can't wow. do this. I'll do Chinese.
0: I feel like, you know, if you grew up in America and English is your first language, you, are, you have no idea how lucky you are.
1: Yeah. yeah it's a no trade idea. language.
0: Is, I mean, I would go to Europe. And unless I was in like a small village, everybody spoke English. It was like a no brainer. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. They just kinda get forced to.
0: Well, where's next on your list, man? It seems like you want to go traveling a little bit. Where's next?
1: God, I'd love to go to Shoal. I don't know. Um, Portugal is actually on the list, funny enough. I know it's sort of like a like an off the beaten path type of thing. But my sister went there a little while ago. She went to Lisbon and a couple other places and said it was the most beautiful place on the planet. And she's fairly well traveled, really? so I'd i'm, I'm kind of sold i would love to go there
0: and i mean barcelona is right across the street
1: i'll meet you there that will be fun man
0: i love barcelona but uh a lot of other places i gotta check off if i'm spending money traveling
1: what's on your next uh what's next on your list
0: so we have a trip planned to puerto rico we're going to rincon for three weeks um and me and adam my roommate and uh that is on the uh West side, it's the surf capital of the Caribbean, and uh, we're going there. I'm kinda trying to practice this work and play. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm traveling and working and playing, and I mean, cause you can go to Thailand and, and spend like 500 bucks a month. And, and uh, have you guys read the four hour work week?
1: No, but I know what it is.
0: So one of the things he talks about is, uh, what does he call it? He calls it like currency arbitrage like uh, living arbitrage where you go to a place, you, you, you have a job in a, in a country like America where you have a high income mm-hmm. and you go to a place where the living expenses are extremely low. So you could have a normal job, let's say $50,000 a year, working part-time online, but go to, go to Thailand and live like a king. And he's he just kind of going down that path of, of what are like the cheat codes of life? To get you there,
1: our good friend who uh, has been on the show before, Pat uh, Patrick Pabletti, who I oh god I love Pat, we gotta have him on again. I, I love that guy, but um, he has also said that where so he's um, he's Filipino, and so when he goes to the Philippines, he basically says, "Look, if you flash a twenty dollar bill at a restaurant, you get everything. They literally will do everything you want and more. It's insane." I said. There has to be something to that. And he said, like, Yeah, yeah, but like living like a king there is like living like a lower middle class citizen in America. It's just, they just don't have the amenities. And that's sort of the downfall of it.
0: Yeah. Well, another key to that is is—is have you guys like tried to hire a VA before?
1: Mm, no, but I've heard horror stories. What? And good stories. I've heard of both actually. A lot of entrepreneurs. I'm,
0: I'm so so down here your horror stories, and then after I'm going to try to reject those and pitch you on why you should get a VA.
1: So the horror stories that I've heard are from a lot of entrepreneurs that get them from super third-world countries, and so they're like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to pay them $3 developing. an hour. Say developing. What? Developing. It Deve- sounds better. Yeah, you're right. We're PC here. It's 2020, whatever. And... Uh- <laughs> So, you know, they hire someone, but they they kind of skimp out on it because you're already you're already paying three dollars for top of the line. You might as well pay two, and so they get something like that, and then their customer reviews just go absolutely down the drain because no one can get anything done with their company. But there are a couple people. Nick Huber is one of them. Which have you ever heard of Nick Huber? I haven't. Super interesting. guy. I follow him on Twitter. He does a lot of stuff. His he's a he's a real estate operator who buys, um, fixes up, and he does self storage pretty much. He does really well for himself. He is super intelligent, very kind of like brutal. I'm gonna tell you how it is kind of guy. And I like that about him. He's super, into- I'd love to meet him. I've never met him, but I'd love to meet him. I follow him pretty closely. And that's one of the things that he does and he gets a lot of hate for, and a lot of attention for is he only hires people to run that side of the business. Not only, probably not only, but he hires a good majority of people on that side of the business from developing countries because you can pay them cents on the dollar and they do a better job than we do in America.
0: Yeah, so I have recently hired two VAs. And uh, my first VA took him outside of Upwork, which is the the site that I go through. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he, he tried to cheat the system, he's very lazy. And I mean, he like, did what I wanted him to do, but I had to call him out on, on not working because I can see leads that he puts into my system, right? All he's doing is scraping the MLS for uh, properties. Yep. And, uh, but this other VA I had, which goes through Upwork, and you can see the, uh, his his productivity and how many clicks he does, how many keyboards, it tracks everything for you, wow. right? Oh, this guy, I mean, he is top notch. So, I, had him go into my Facebook. I, I had a third party that you log into through your Facebook and then you can give someone else access without giving him the password, basically. And so uh, he goes into my Facebook and he goes on Facebook marketplace and he looks for uh, certain things that I tell him right without giving any of my strategies away. Sure. Um, and he is on top of it. I mean, he he is so thorough. So on top of it. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm going to take him on full time to work full time for me. And to the point where even if it's something not related to what he's working on and a message pops up, he'll send it to me over Slack, which is how I communicate with him. And I'd be like, sir, Tony, how would you like me to respond? Like, this is great. Wow. This is awesome. And and I mean, like, uh, you pay them a bonus of $100. Like that's so much money to them. And they're so thankful. They're so hardworking. And I think it's, it's kind of like anybody. You can employ people and you gotta have better employment tactics They have better people and um Yeah, but ultimately, you know, that's where I got it from, is the four-hour work week. And he and as a tax for you, I'm gonna challenge you to go on to Upwork and pay someone 20 bucks to pull pranks on your friends.
1: Oh, I can do that. Matt is smiling because Matt knows he can do that too.
0: And and that's the challenge, right? Just just do it, give him a simple task have them you know and especially dude especially because you're in real estate dude, have them start farming leads have them start running your social medias i mean i mean think idea. about i think there's a there's a package you can get on upwork it's like 50 dollars a month to run your social media
2: oh like, i'm gonna find about... someone to sign john up for as many text chains and email chains as possible oh, exactly
0: oh, exactly my oh my god I, I, I don't know i mean that that's kind of brutal right i mean you can unsubscribe but like yeah, like get get a VA to to get like porn subscriptions or like sent to, to somebody, you know, you know, like something funny, and then but that that shows you the power of like using using somebody else to do a task for you, and it puts you in more of an entrepreneurship role. Like you're the boss now.
1: You're more in control of your destiny. You don't have to do the grunt work.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's been more of a mindset shift. Like I have these guys working for me and I'm paying them. And now I'm like accountable for giving them work and doing this. And I, it's dude, it's, a, it's been a total mindset shift for me. I I'm gonna that. challenge you to do it and find some way to get them to farm leads for you. What, whatever projects you're working on, whether it's connecting with people on LinkedIn, hey, go connect with every broker on LinkedIn and send them this message. And then there's a website I wish I could tell you what it is tells you when to follow up. So every every like three weeks, it will put the person's name in red. And it tells you, hey, just, hey, how's it going? Just wanted to check in. How's life? And and just check in with them. And it, it's, it builds that rapport. And when you're in real estate, man, network and the conversations and building those relationships is is what really matters. You my know? O-
1: my only gripe is that whenever people do that kind of stuff to me, I see it. And I'm like, oh, I know what you're doing. I know you've got someone working for you. Because I get, like, a lot of old, older folks that will – Try to friend me on LinkedIn. Like, hey, saw your network, saw you work in this industry. Just wanted to connect and see what's going on. And I'm like, I, you're, you have nothing to do with me, and you've absolutely hired someone young to do this.
0: But you, I mean,
1: but I see, I see what you're saying. I get it. I get it. I just, this is a personal aside, but yes, I get what you're saying, and I see the value.
0: My buddy is trying to sell land. Right? He he has some land under contract. He put the entitlements on it, and he's trying to sell the land. Uh, to build the rent community. It's uh. 271 homes, right? Multi-million dollar sale. And uh, he posted on LinkedIn and he was telling me that he's like, man, I got two, I got 2,000 views on this post. Like, that's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: In my mind, I'm like, could you imagine if a month ago he hired a VA, paid him, you know, $4 an hour, two hours a day just to go and just reach out to people on LinkedIn, right? That had certain qualifications. Many more views that post would have gotten. And, it, and if they were engaging with know certain people it's a cheat code man and 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 business is uh eat or be eaten
1: so i agree with you and i've got a i've got a a near final thought for this because i know we're running up on our time frame we're almost an hour and a half here but so i think part of the reason that that sort of thing really exists is because we have this strange perspective in america that we need to continue pushing up minimum wage and all these other things we need to keep tacking on more and more and more and that everything everything is deserved and nothing is earned. That's a strange concept to me because everything must come from something and if everyone has everything everyone must be working three times harder than ever before and that's simply not happening. There's absolutely no way. Or we're importing it and we have other people doing the labor and rewarding them with what? We're rewarding them with a currency that buys things from a culture of people that don't do anything <laughs> it's a it's like the opposite of a virtuous cycle it's very strange to me
0: i think that that's like simple economics though right yeah because sure. you have this supply and demand curve and if everybody got a hundred dollars and everybody wants one thing well the price of that's gonna go up
1: it's gonna be ten thousand dollars in a day yeah
0: yeah and, and i think that oh man this is kind of complex i'm trying to think of how to how to put it to words it's like affordability is huge nowadays, especially with real estate. You know, you used to be able to have a, a one household income earner or a one income earner in a household, sure. and now you have to have two. So, and pretty soon, I think it's going to get to Europe, like like Europe, where people are living with their parents longer because affordability is a huge issue. Right. And uh, I think it has to do with margins. It's the same reason why cap rates compressed in real estate is because everybody went and tried to buy real estate as investments. No? you get and the more competition there is the higher the price goes
1: well you get even even more basic than that even smaller and just say there's a few things we have to provide everyone if we want a successful society we need food we need water we need shelter we need activities and stuff to do and if you can provide those things people are good theoretically we have all those things we are somehow still super unhappy and not okay with anything that's happening Fish. I, yeah
0: i think that's people haven't traveled like people haven't seen real poverty that's probably like, i grew up in Na- naples florida man
1: yeah <laughs> I, I, yeah
0: i grew up in naples florida I, I had no idea like my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up i didn't have a lot of stuff and all my friends had everything right i mean people were showing up at not my school but you know school across the way uh with like mercedes on their 16th birthdays you know well i remember going out of country for my first time and i went to peru yeah. When you go to you know, the bigger cities, it's, it's, there's not much different, right? People speak Spanish, traffic's crazy. Um, but then you drive through the areas where you see poverty. I remember, I'll never, I'll never forget this. Um, we're driving in this bus and we had all the FGCU students with us. And I'm looking up at this hill and it, it looked like just piles of, of kind of trash that were just together. And I'm looking and it's a bunch of tin. It's a bunch of like sheet metal. I look closer. There's people's houses. It it was a compound of people's houses, no grass. It's just desert. And I mean, like, dude, you look at that and you see that people are smiling. People are greeting you. people are happy. I'll never forget. I remember going back home and I, oh, this is, this is so funny. I can't even remember this. I went back home and I was having dinner with my parents. I had just gotten back. There was a lady who was on the national news complaining about an Airbnb having mold and she was showing pictures of it and this is like this tiny this tiny little mold on the staircase or like she had lifted the carpet up or something there's like this mold and she's like this it's like the biggest deal i remember thinking like oh dude americans
1: they're bored they're so bored
0: it's it's all perspective man it's all perspective
1: i agree and i don't i don't think there's any other way to put it really it's just it's just quite simply it's ridiculous
0: yeah. One of the things that I, I've been struggling with recently or on a personal level mm-hmm. is I'm, I'm pushing so hard and I'm, I quit my job and I'm trying to make it as an entrepreneur and I'm, I'm pushing so hard. I'm working all day and I'm, I'm unhappy because I feel like I'm failing. I still have such a great life. I, it it, it, it slips me all the time. Yeah. And I was on the phone with a friend uh, two nights ago and and she kind of walked me through that. She goes, Tony, like you still have such a great life. Like you're surfing, you're doing this, like you're coming off of a, of a surgery. Like You had a major injury and you were able to come off of that because of medical care and everything. And I'm like, you're, you're so right. Like, I could have it so much worse. And it's hard to remember that sometimes.
1: Good shape. You live in a house. Your hair looks great. Like, I, I, seriously, I, I, there's not <laughs> too many things that could, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I think it's just the the accessibility to us looking at other people that have it, quote, better. I, it's social media that in itself yeah. is another hour worth of conversation but i i totally agree on so many levels
0: yeah yeah man but uh if you're trying to wrap this up matt I, man i gotta hear more from you man give me give me some last minute takeaways from this
2: Some last minute takeaways i, I don't know if i can summarize everything we talked about we kind of uh, uh, don't around. Summarize. The to live,
0: live by tomorrow me some like advice,
2: Mm. some some life advice. Life advice, definitely take care of yourself when you're young. And I mean that as and don't do a whole lot of stupid things and take care of your body and your joints because I'm seeing a whole lot of people. Last month, I was in a skilled nursing facility doing basically an old folks home. And this month, I'm in a pain clinic. And uh, things don't get better, Your, your back, your knees, everything else, it only gets worse. So just be careful when you're young. Take good care of yourself. Hmm.
1: That seems easy enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Tony, I have to have you back on here. This is a blast.
0: Uh, no, definitely uh, enjoyed shooting the shit with you guys.
1: I feel like we've got, another hour, we've got another hour and a half on us somewhere down the line.
0: Yeah, well, hof- hopefully by then I'll come to you with some, some great stories about Puerto Rico and uh, some business affairs and um, you know, offline, I have to tell you about some of the stuff I have up to that uh, is confidential.
1: I love the offline stuff. I love the online stuff as just as much as I love the offline stuff. Maybe more.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Well, as soon as you turn this off, man, I'll, I'll give it to you.
1: All right.
2: Let's wrap up. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks again, Tony. Thanks, man.